Well, good morning, everybody. I hope you're all doing well today on this uh, bitter cold Sunday morning here in Michigan. I uh, would like to thank you guys. I noticed that uh, quite a few of you are looking at uh, the service this morning on our website, the toughquestionsforgod.org website. Uh, that's kind of a new feature we just put out there, so I want to thank you for joining us there. Let's open this morning with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our message today. Let's pray. Father, once again, we are humbled and grateful that we can join together uh, across a distance and virtually. We just thank you, Lord, that during this time this morning that we have an opportunity to honor you with our thoughts and our minds and our words and actions. So, Lord, may you be honored with all that we do and say this morning and may our lives be dedicated to you uh, as you lead us and guide us along the path so it's in the name of jesus that we pray all of these things amen <clears throat> again i want to thank you guys for joining with me this morning uh, i know you could be doing a lot of other things today but thank you for joining this morning in our, our time of worship we're going to start a new series today, and the series is titled Core. And the idea behind it is, what is it in my heart of hearts that really is an absolute core value or core belief that I have? You know, over the last 12, 16, 18 months, I've been doing some random surveys and trying to you know, not only within the congregation, but also online. And I want to see what it is that people believe in the bottom of their heart. I mean, what, what is it that's been, you know, set in stone, so to speak? And honestly, there's a lot of different variation out there. There's a lot of different belief systems and a lot of different basic uh, core beliefs that people have. Well, we're going to take a look at those in this series as we try and understand in a deeper way what is it that I believe in my heart in regards to the Christian faith? Our scripture today comes from the book of Revelation in chapter 3. I'm going to put it here on the screen for you. Uh, you can see it there. Let's, let's read this together. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You know, that's, uh, that's some hardcore stuff there. I mean, when you think about it, Jesus is writing here to uh, the disciple John. John is on the prison island of Patmos, uh, being, you know, imprisoned for his faith in Jesus. And Christ comes to him in the form of a series of visions. And Jesus says, write this down. And one of the things that he's writing here, that we're, well, the one that we're reading here this morning, talks about a letter that Jesus had dictated to one of the churches in Asia Minor. Well, <clears throat> this particular church was struggling with their core beliefs and what they really believed. You know, your core beliefs are the things that you believe about life. You know, what is it that I really believe about the life that I'm living? You know, why I'm here, what I'm doing. I mean, all those types of things. 
core beliefs are the things you believe about the physical world, you know, about what's around me and, and what's going on around me and how I can interpret it and how I can participate in the world around me. Part of that stems from what I believe in the core of my heart. You know, your core belief um, establishes what you believe about right or wrong. You know, what are my basic, fundamental, hardcore beliefs about, you know, right and wrong? And where do they come from? Same thing about, well, it's holiness. You know, in the Christian faith, we talk about, you know, holiness and God being holy. And, and you know, our founder, John Wesley, said that we are on this journey, you know, to holiness as we become more and more of the image of Christ. Well, what does that holiness mean? You know, and, and what does it mean in the heart of heart that I have, in the bottom of my heart? You know, what do you believe about heaven and hell? You know, what are those core beliefs? A core belief, they are a person's most basic understanding about themselves and about the world around them. You know, these beliefs act like a lens, really, through through which we see every situation and we experience life. We see it through the lens of what we believe in our heart. Now, because of this, people with, with different core beliefs, they might be in the same, same situation, but they think and feel and behave, excuse me, differently based on what it is that they believe in their heart. Core beliefs are at the very point of origin in what we do and how we live. Now, I want to show you an example here. Let's see if I can pull it up on the screen. I don't have it here. That's okay. <clears throat> Let's say the earth is flat. You know, that was something that was believed, you know, a few centuries ago that the earth was flat and, you know, that explained a lot of different things. And based on that core belief, you know, it was a belief about what the physical world was all about flat earth you know it also was the basis of of what i believed about the rest of the physical world uh and it was built back in those days a couple centuries ago on you know the earth being you know a physical realm of flat you know and if you had that core belief back then you know you probably were cautious when you got in a boat and worried about how far you were going to go i know if i was going on a cruise today and I believe that the Earth was flat. Well, I'd certainly want to know exactly where that where that uh, where that cruise ship is going to go. Let's talk about some other core beliefs. <clears throat> if you have family that you love dearly, and I know many of you do, if not all of you, you know, the love that you have for your family and for your children, especially, is a core belief. It's one of the things that is solidified in the human heart. And based on that belief or based on that core value, that love value for others, our family members, you know, that's how we respond to them. That's how we engage with them. That's how we interact with them uh, based on that particular love that we have for them. I mean, let's face it, with our own kids that we love dearly, you know, the decisions we make, uh, our tolerance with them, the planning ahead, all of those types of things come out of that basic, fundamental, absolute core love or core belief that we have in our hearts for them. Now, core beliefs 
are formed really, as you look at it from psychological psychological point of view, core beliefs are established by really two major processes. <clears throat> One of them is personal experiences. You know, if I if I'm a kid and, and I really don't understand what heat is or I don't understand that much about fire and, you know, I, I wander over to the wood stove and I put my hand on it and, you know, get burned. Well, you know, through that experience, <laughs> I develop a core belief. And that is if fire is present, it's hot and I'm going to stay away from it. You see, we learn, I know I'm being very simplistic, but that's some of the way that we learn and formulate core beliefs in our hearts. Psychologists will tell you that for kids that grow up in, in a very dysfunctional situation or a dysfunctional household, uh, that's what they start to formulate as a core belief in their heart, is that this is normal family life. This is the way things are. You know, as opposed to, you know, hey, I'm living in a, in a family that has problems. No, you, early on, kids develop this, you know, attitude and core belief that dysfunction is, is a part of a normal life. Well, another way that um, our core beliefs are formed are when we receive information from trusted uh, uh, individuals or sources. You know, let me give you an example like parents. You know, I remember growing up as a little kid, if my parents told me something, I, I believed it. You know, it, it became a core value or a core part of what I believed in my heart. We do the same thing with school and education and teachers. Uh, we do the same thing with doctors and nurses, the government, uh, you know, Smithsonian. I mean, there's lots of different sources out there that are authoritative sources that we put our faith in, we put our hope and trust in, and we believe the information that we receive back from them. And that starts to form the core of what we believe in our heart. And remember, what you believe in your heart will formulate your priorities. It will direct your actions. It will determine your responses in various situations. And it also will dictate what you are responsible for what you're responsible to, and who's responsible to you. All of that comes back to us through our core beliefs. Now, in some cases, in many cases actually, core beliefs are things that, that change as we experience more of life and more of different situations. And they ch it changes as we, as we grow in our knowledge and our understanding of things. Let me give you an example, a real life example from, you know, a couple hundred years ago. You know, back in the mid to uh, early 1800s, uh, the medical journals and, you know, the theology of the Christian church and, and government, uh, it was believed that nationalities that were not white, they were like less human. They were subhuman individuals or beings. And, of course, we know that this resulted in slavery and oppression and exclusion, poverty, all kinds of stuff. But it was believed back then that people that weren't, you know, the Anglo-Saxon whites uh, were less human than, say, the whites were. You know, that was a core belief. And you can see how that responded. You know, people responded to that in slavery and all kinds of horrible things that took place.
There are also core beliefs that are unchanging and unchangeable. Now, let me give you a couple examples. Like, I believe in my heart of hearts, the bottom line, solidified in my heart, that God exists. I believe that God exists. I also believe that one of these days, my life here on the earth is finite. I'm going to die. You know, it's 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 just part of what I know, what I believe, which is, you know, an absolute truth in my heart. You know, the other day, Darcy and I were talking, we were riding along, my wife, and she came up, I think she read an article that came up with some formula that you can plug your age into and multiply this and subtract that and all that. And, and it'll tell you how many more years you have to live uh, on the earth. Well, I think, I think we came up with 15 years. And I'm like, wow, you know, if that's the average, you know, based on my health and blah, 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 uh, that's not a whole lot of time, you know, but I know that one day, one day, whether it's 15 years or not, I'm going to die. And that is part of what I believe in the core of who I am. You know, in this series, we're going to look at what our absolute core beliefs are, starting with our core beliefs about God, because, you know, it is so super important. You know, we've got to remember that our core beliefs about God will shape our understanding of him and our actions in regards to our faith, what it is that we are willing and, and called to do based on those core beliefs. So let's start with a basic fundamental question. All right, bottom line, fundamental question. What is a God? Now notice I said, what is a God? You know, in non-Christian religions, you know, there's basically 12 major world religions. So in all of the religion, the other 11 outside of Christianity, uh, basically God is some type of a superhuman being or a super spirit uh, that God would be worshipped or gods would be worshipped. Uh, they are thought to have power over human nature as well as over human fortunes. You know, they, they've gods are are involved in and the creators and they are over top of human existence in christianity though uh, a god is the creator and the ruler of the universe in christianity a god is a source of all moral authority and a supreme being perfect and holy almighty all-knowing omnipotent, omnipresent, you know, morally perfect and higher than humans. So I want to ask you to think about this. Do you believe that a God actually exists? Now, if the answer is no, I would ask that you would maybe get a hold of me so we can sit down or talk one-on-one or Zoom together or something. Um, so that we can talk about the existence of a God and what that means and, and why I believe what I believe and, and then share with me why you believe what it is that you believe. You know, no judgment, no condemnation, just honest conversation. If the answer is yes, I believe that there is a God, is it the Christian God or not? 
You know, and again, if it's not the Christian God as described in Scripture, then again, let's talk about it and and share with each other some understanding of what it is that we believe and see if we can grow together through this. If you believe in the Christian God, I have to ask what what it is, you know, what definition of the Christian God do you ascribe to? Is he omnipotent? Is he omnipresent or she or whatever? You know, is is God all-knowing? Is God all-powerful? Or do you just think he maybe has many of those different characteristics? You see, this is where the conflict comes from in our beliefs and in the Christian church sometimes, is believing in who and what God is. You know, what can God do? What does God do? Is God really morally perfect? Is God the source of all that we can trust in? And we can, you know, that speaks volumes in regards to how much our faith uh, develops and grows throughout our lives. From this point forward in our discussion here, we're going to talk about, when we talk about God, we're going to talk about the Christian God. So let me ask you another question about God. Is God the creator of all things? Now, on the toughquestionsforgod.org website, there's a link on the homepage. Um, I posted on there and it says core study notes, core study notes. And in that, um, if you click on that button, you'll come across, uh, there's 11 pages, there's 101 different scriptures uh, out of the Old Testament and the New Testament where God tells us who he is. You know, this is what God says about himself. This is what God says about his character and purpose. And, and it's just all of these scriptures where God, through other people, is telling us what we can expect or who he actually is. So I would encourage you to go on that website. Uh, it's listed here on the screen for you on the bottom. And click on that resource and just check it out. And, you know, you can leave comments or email me, whatever you'd like to do. But go through them and and let's think about that through this week. Okay. Um, we've established that God uh, is a creator of all things. So another question for you would be, the Christian God, is, is God, did God write scripture did god write the bible if god is an all-powerful all-knowing creator of all things did did god write his words uh, his will to humanity using people inspired through his holy spirit over centuries and then come coordinated all coming together in the form of the bible did god really do that you see, that's, I think it's something that we need to understand because what we believe about that will shape and determine what we believe about God in our life. If God is the Christian God, did he write his word to us or did he not? You know, if you say no, then of course, I don't think he did. Then, then we have a lot of issues and questions and all to, to work through. And again, I would encourage you to get a hold of me so that we can maybe do this one-on-one. -on -one. Maybe there's some way I could 
help to share. And, and you could also share with me, you know, what your th- feelings and thoughts are on the issue, because I'd like to hear it. If you say yes, God did create scripture. God did write his word to humanity, but not all of it. You know, how do you know? There's all kinds of issues come up. How do you know what God wrote and what he didn't? How do you how do you put yourself in a position where where you can judge, you know, what is, you know, acceptable and what is not or or what's relevant in the world today or in my life today and what's not? In that case, are we not equating ourselves somewhat with God? You know, we have to know what we believe in the core of our heart. And and we have to wrestle with it. We have to challenge it. That's how we grow. And that's exactly what Scripture calls us to do. It doesn't call us to just flip a switch and, okay, we're all good. He calls us to wrestle with those issues of faith. And there are tons of examples in Scripture where people did that. And, and really, I think God is, is honored by all of that. You know, if you say, yes, God did create Scripture, he did write his word to us, but it's not all relative to my life today. Well, okay, um, it may be some of it isn't, uh, but who is capable of determining, you know, what is and what is not relevant? You know, there's many places in Scripture where the stories we read are like, you know, we don't do that stuff today. That may be true. But what was the reasoning behind it? What was the theme behind it? Why was it being done? What was God trying to show or teach to the Israelite nation or, or whatever the case might be? You have to just you can't we just can't slack it off or just blow it off. You know, we need to look at it and and wrestle with it a bit so that. Again, we can grow in our core beliefs about who God is. You know, in the end of our life, what else is going to make any difference? It's going to be what it is we believe about our Creator and our Savior. You know, what what is it? You know, if my understanding of God, through my experience and reason, does not support a God that fairly communicates with His creation. Why would I believe that he is the Christian God of the universe? I think that God, after he's created the universe and humankind, he needs to tell us what it is that we, how we need to respond to that, how we need to respond in life, how we need to respond to him, you know, how we can approach him again, how we can have our sins forgiven and become holy and and all of those things. You know, it would be totally unfair, I think, if God demanded, which he does, he demands our faithfulness and our holiness, or at least trying to be there, you know, if he didn't tell us what it was, you know, it'd be like me telling the kids, well, you have to obey me, you know, in order to get the car today, you know, and they were like, okay, what do you want me to do? And if I didn't tell them, how fair would that be? You know, I do firmly believe that God, upon creating life, has a responsibility to also share with life or people or humankind how it is that we can come to him in a way that was originally meant, you know, like in the Garden of Eden. You know, we rebelled and we were kicked out and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, that was not God's original intent. So how is it that we get back there? 
when it comes, I'm going to give you another thing. I want you to take a look at those uh, scriptures, 101, and think about those this week as far as who God is. And let's determine right up front, do I believe in the Christian God or do I believe in some other aspect of a Christian God? Maybe I'm formulating my own or certain things that I can't I can't bite on and, and I've so this is God but not that, you know. We need to understand what we believe firmly in our hearts so that we can move on, so that we can determine what our faith actually equates to and whether or not it is a saving faith or it's not. The other question I'm or thing I'm going to leave with you in order to think through this week is this. When it comes to God and faith, uh, you are not entitled, I am not entitled to my opinion. Now, you know, in this world that we live in, we are all entitled to our opinion about a great many things, and we all have that. But honestly, I don't read anywhere in Scripture where God encourages us or instructs us uh, to start to formulate our own opinion, opinion and understanding of who he is and what he's doing. I don't think one day we're going to stand before Jesus and he's going to say, okay, well, what was your opinion of this or what was you? It's not. Everything I read and everything I see and everything I've studied and all tells me that it is blind faith, that we need to simply trust in who God is. And we will trust in who God is when we understand what we believe about God. Is God really omnipotent? and omnipresent and all-powerful and all those different things. If he is, it changes what I can believe in. But if he's not, I need to wrestle with those aspects of my faith and those aspects of what I believe in the core of my heart. So that's my...